Welcome to the JetRails podcast, supporting you through the airwaves with information about website and e-commerce technology and strategies from design and development to security, marketing, conversion rate optimization, and web hosting. We bring you insights from industry leaders and experts hosted, edited, and published by me, Robert Rand, your friendly neighborhood tech ambassador. Hi, welcome to an episode of the JetRails podcast. I'm Robert, your host. Today, we're going to be talking about sending e-commerce shoppers personalized videos. Um, certainly, this could be done for other types of businesses and in other situations, but we're really going to try to take a, a bit of a dive into um, communicating with e-commerce shoppers in a more personalized way, if it's effective, if it works, if it's something that, that the market's looking for. Um, we know that so many shoppers today have been pushed to do more of their shopping online, uh, and that, in many cases, has taken away some of that personal touch. And we know that you know shoppers go to places like Amazon for commodities. Um, they go there uh, for that impersonal experience, but that's not always what they're craving. And in some cases, it it might be uh, you know video might be the answer. Uh, just like uh, so many have flocked to platforms like Zoom to continue to communicate and stay in touch with people, uh, you know, when they weren't able to. Face to face in person, um, so they're doing it face to face virtually. Uh, we're going to learn a little bit more um, on on this topic as it relates to recorded uh, content being created for individual shoppers or perhaps groups of shoppers. And so with me today, um, I've got Ollie, who's an expert in the subject matter. And um, Ollie, would you do the honor of introducing yourself? Yeah, hi. Thanks for the introduction. And um, yeah, so I'm CMO, a chief marketing officer at Bonjoro, and Bonjoro uh, itself, it's actually interesting that you just mentioned Zoom there. So like Zoom you know, is a, a synchronous video platform where you've got to sort of be online at the same time as the, the other person to have a chat with them. Um, and I guess the story of uh, Bonjoro and what we do is really about sort of asynchronous video. So it's uh, it's an app, it's a web app, it's a mobile app that helps you um, communicate with your customers and engage them with quick personalized videos that you send at different points in the funnel. Um, and actually, you know, the story of, well, so my story, I've been working in SaaS for, um, I guess, the last of 12 years now, like various different roles. I've been here at Bonjour doing marketing for four years since we launched in 2017. Um, and actually, uh, you know, I think the interesting thing about Bonjour is that we actually created this personalized video tool, I guess, to solve a pain point that we had in our own business. And I know we'll probably talk about that a bit later. Um yeah, it's interesting you touched on that Zoom thing because I think um, you know, when you can't sync up with the other person, when you can't be there at the same time, there needs to be something else to fill that gap. Um, and that's why we created Bonjoro. And that's where I think personal video fits into the flow. And I'm sure during this episode, we'll talk a little bit about um, you know, how personal video fits into the flow for e-commerce companies and how you can connect with your customers in that asynchronous but really personal way. Absolutely. And um, I'm going to skip ahead to, to a question that uh, our listeners are very used to hearing me ask. How did Bonjoro get its name? Is there a good story behind it? <laughs> um, there's not a really exciting story behind it. We, we, we think we did a really good job with the name, but actually it just came from uh, basically sort of, well, the story is the story of the business is, is that Matt, our founder, decided when he was like, so we're founded in Sydney. Uh, Australia, and we had another business about five years ago. Um, there was another SaaS business. We still run it. Um, this was our first SaaS business, and it was a market research tool. 
one of the issues with it was that being founded and based in Australia, most of our customer customers actually turned out being in London or being in New York. And Matt had a really tough time getting face to face. Like he couldn't really do a lot of the Zoom calls and those sorts of things at the exact times that worked for them. So his hack and his sort of idea, and it was a beautiful idea that he had, was to record personalized videos for every lead or for existing customers and send those to those people. Um, and you know, when he started doing that, he got amazing results. And you know, I think we'll talk. A, we can talk a little bit about sort of more sort of what he did and the results and how it came to be that we built Bonjour. But actually, when we built Bonjour, looking for the name, um, we were just looking for something that sort of implied the whole feeling of saying hello to someone, but saying hello in a really nice way. And obviously, there's a there's a French word Bonjour, which is for hello. So we were just sort of riffing around with that hello word, and we thought, what can we do that just sounds similar to that, but a bit more, um, a bit kooky as well, mm-hmm. and has a nice sort of ring to it at the end. I think sort of bonjouro, you know, it, has, it sort of goes up at the end. So we went with that. And then we developed this idea, if you go to our website, we've got um, our sort of mascot is this bear, and the bear is actually called Juro. So his name is Juro. So there's this whole, it's a bit sort of male chimpy, I guess. Mm. Um, so it comes from, yeah, it comes from the idea of sort of saying hello and ripping on the French word for hello, but also... We wanted to try and embody the spirit of that in uh, a company mascot, and and then we use the end of that word "euro" um, for our for our bear. Yeah, uh, that's pretty f- cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm, anybody that's watching video can see there's a whole bunch of uh, <laughs> industry mascots uh, represented in my background here. Um, you know, trade show swag that uh, uh, that that hasn't been confiscated by my children. Uh, <laughs> Might be any day now. Uh, you know, it, it's it's interesting that in so many cases we think of video as outbound marketing. Um, we think of it as a tool to communicate, um, you know, something that, that we want people to take action around. But you know, we're finding that I think you know, firstly, consumers have questions, have interests that aren't always best uh, addressed in the impersonal. And so, you know, that's why there are systems like live chat uh, that are so prevalent in the industry, um, because if a shopper is engaging with you, you want to be able to help them answer their questions, direct them better, uh, service their needs. If they have placed a purchase and they're unhappy, you want to be able to communicate with them in an effective way. Um, and I think that from my perspective, um, there's a lot of the same when it comes to the the post-purchase experience or the the customer journey, the the lifetime of that customer, that if they're, you know, just customer number 1,500, you know, <laughs> if they're just a number, um, they know it. I, I think intrinsically, they understand that this is just a place that they come to click some buttons. And, um, and that's about all the feeling that they have. And I, I think that this also bleeds into how so many brands today have added focus on how they can help the community and how they can be engaged and how they can be, uh, you know, the types of companies that really um, make consumers uh, feel good about what they're doing. So, you know, buy these socks and socks get donated, you know, buy these shoes, shoes get donated. You know, this company is supporting, um, you know, these good causes and that one knows. And, uh, you know, so there's so many ways now that we've been evolving um, to engage, but I'm going to go back to 2017 because that's you know pre anything going on now in 2020. 
And that's a different world um, <laughs> as, as we know it. Uh, so, you know, this is not a company that, that was created around um, an increase in uh, the separation of, of people from each other. Um, have you seen major change this year uh, overall? You know, has that changed the trajectory for the product, for your organization overall? Yeah. Yeah, it has. It's interesting. You know, I think what other people are experiencing now almost goes back to the original foundation of Bonjoro, like how we came to be. So we built Bonjoro because our company had become disconnected and we needed a way to connect. Um, so definitely this year, I think like a lot of other video tools, we saw like a big lift as we got. It's interesting. It really like you can see it on all of that graphs, like Google Analytics, all the different things we look at. There was definitely a lift pretty much in the middle of March. Um, and it's a, it's a funny thing because that initial lift, that spike was was pretty big. You know, people were suddenly going online. There were less on, offline conversations happening. Um, there was a lot of chat, talk about video. What are the best video tools that you can use? People are obviously talking to each other. And we got that big lift. But another sort of interesting related thing for me is that actually at the same time, sort of physical word of mouth, seems to sort of go slightly out of our sort of marketing funnel. And I know that's been a really interesting dynamic for lots of brands. For us, it has been because we saw that lift and video and, and our growth trajectory is higher now. But actually, it's almost as if the dynamic is um, not that it's added on top. We sort of lost something but gained something at the same time. Um, you know, we were talked about a lot at like in-person events. I know like a few years ago when we launched Pat Flynn, social media marketing world did a uh, keynote speech and he mentioned us on stage so those sorts of things are actually are really important to companies like ours even though we're a video tool they've gone but yeah they were sort of replaced by this um you know need this necessity to, to use video tools right now for sales people for customer success people so definitely it has been beneficial to us but it's been an interesting balance and one that sort of surprised us to be honest it's, it's interesting and you know Continuing on, on this vein of thinking about the history, when Bonjoro started, was it focused on the e-commerce market or has that been part of the evolution as well? How did it start out conceptually? So it started out conceptually, you know, because we were solving our own pain point. No, I'll be honest with you and open with the listeners. We didn't start out in the e-commerce world. So we were a software business, a SaaS business, and it was solving our own pain point. And one of the interesting things that happened early on, this was um, 2016, end of 2016, even before we'd created a beta, we were running an MVP version we'd hacked together um, using like Zapier, using this sort of rudimentary video tool that we created to record the videos and, and piece it all together. And we were doing it onboarding. So this is SaaS onboarding. New signups come in. We wanted to welcome them, say hello, give them the right signpost, get value with our product. So when we then got, what happened was we got a lot of responses back, actually. So people were sending the videos to were you know, overwhelmed and delighted that we were doing this thing. And that was great for us because we started selling more products. I think it's like a 200% increase. Um, but the, the bigger thing, and really the bigger thing for our story is that we started getting a lot of replies from our videos, people saying, how did you actually do this? How did you actually send this video to me so quickly based on an event that had happened in action I'd taken with the product, like signing up? Um, so we said, okay, we're, we're, we've got this MVP. If we build it, will you want to use it? And loads of people said, yeah, we'll do that. We said, okay, will you pay for it now so we can actually build this thing? And people said, yeah, okay. 
So we actually had like teams signing up and saying, okay, we'll we'll put our money where our mouth is. If you can get this thing into beta, we'll be there for you and we'll pay for it. Um, so that was really interesting. So yeah, we started in the software world, but what happened is that out of that, the companies that then started using our beta products weren't necessarily just like us. Their, their end consumer was in all like different walks of life. So their end consumer might have been um, you know, someone that ran an e-commerce company, or it might have been an accountant, or whatever that might be, or a photographer. Um, so what happened is they saw our videos, they saw the little powered by Bonjour thing we put in as like a viral mechanism, and quickly we started being adopted by lots of different places. But what's happened, and I think the big shift for us over the last particularly six to twelve months, and and probably this is related to coronavirus and the shift online is that e-commerce has really started to adopt us. And when I look at our metrics internally, well, there's two things that really stand out. One is like an internal piece. We can tell that e-commerce companies get a lot of value and convert better with our, with our product. It's really amazing to see, actually. But the second piece is actually the value that e-commerce companies are getting. So when we talk to our customers, and recently we've been doing a lot of case studies, we call them use case series, we've just been seeing some unbelievable figures, some unbelievable metrics coming back from e-commerce customers that prove that this stuff works for them. So for us, that's exciting, and it means we're going to build more and more into the e-commerce space. So you know, short answer, no, we didn't start out with e-commerce, but long answer, we found our way there, and it's really interesting to see what e-commerce is doing with the tool, and we're surprised by it ourselves. It's really cool to see how people sort of figure out their own solutions with, with what we've built. You mentioned how these businesses are getting value. When... What are the metrics? What are the measurements? What kind of value do, is our personalized videos delivering um, to these merchants, to these e-commerce store owners? So I think we should make, let's go into it at the start. Let's make clear sort of the difference with Bonjour because this is, this is quite crucial. So what we do is we plug into your existing tools to notify you to send personal videos at the exact moment that you should be doing it. So we call these like video funnels. So basically a customer event, a customer action takes place. So let's say it's a purchase on your site. You get notified in Bonjour with what the purchase was, the name, the email of your customer, any other custom like uh, information that you might have in your platform, maybe Shopify or whatever else you use, is there right in front of you when you record your video. So you can then send your video with relevant, personal, you know, truly personal context. Um, so that's uh, you know, that's a sort of a key thing. So really, video and the results and the metrics that are coming back are as a, as a result of e-commerce companies using it at specific points in the funnel. So it's not just like I'm sending personal videos, it's like where would it work best? And then we're seeing that play out. Um, a couple of examples for you, like one early one, and this is where I started to cotton on that it could be interesting in e-commerce, was a company actually based out in Denmark, one of our first customers called Monkstore. And what they wanted to do, the whole ethos of their business, and they were quite early on this, they wanted to try and replicate that in-store experience online. Really, really wanted to go heavy on that. They weren't just saying it and not doing it. And one part of that was that every single order that came in the door for like trainers, uh, men's fashion, so trainers, tops, whatever, they would send a personal video just you know, after the order, things like a day later, whenever they were shipping the order, and they'd physically show the customer the order and thank them. And what they were doing, and actually the metric that they were tracking with that, wasn't just like, was the customer delighted? Actually, what they were doing was trying to get an uplift in their Trustpilot reviews. 
And within about two or three months of doing this, so they, they basically put video between customer order, send the video, thank them, and then two days later or three days later, ask for that review. You know, the auto, automated email that lots of e-commerce companies have go out. And they saw a huge uplift. I think it was something like um, like a 34% uplift in the, 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 the actual number of customers leaving reviews, but an even bigger uplift in people leaving five-star reviews. And they were quickly, like, I think it was in like three months, they were number one on Trustpilot in the whole of Denmark, the men's fashion category. Wow. So this sort of one little addition yeah, well, I mean, look, you got this personal video from Joe or Jane. You don't really want them to get fired because you know, <laughs> you uh, yeah, exactly. leave a review. It's their whole job. I mean, what what are you going to do to these poor people? It's it's interesting that I, you know, just off the top of my head, I can think of so many times in the customer journey. You know, they sign up as a new customer and you welcome them, or they place their first order, and you know, you you give them that that welcome message. You let them feel like there are real people there that care about them and they're that, and that there to support them. Um, I, you know, that you, uh, you get new products in um, that might relate to something somebody's purchased in the past and you let them know about it or it's time for replenishment of something. And again, if, the, if, the, if, the, if, if there's enough alignment where it makes enough sense, of course, every business is a little bit different. And, and I suppose that's where this all gets personalized. Have you seen any users doing any of this in batch where they don't necessarily say the person's name, but maybe, you know, they reach out to those, you know, 20 customers with the same video because they purchased this item and they think that now they might be interested in this item or something along those lines? Yeah, I think this can vary a little bit with the type of company that you're running. So, and and the scale that you're looking at and what sort of level of segmentation you do. So, you know, what we're not seeing yet is um, like massive uses in terms of, um, you know, say a new product gets released and, you know, where you would previously send like a mail show out to your list that might, your list might be 20, 50,000, 100,000, whatever it might be. You know, we're not replacing that. But actually what we are seeing is where there are sort of, I guess, sort of uh, small and medium-sized e-commerce companies that want to sort of, really sort of go deep on that sort of personalized experience. Absolutely, they are segmenting customers down to that level where if there's a new sort of product launch and they know that there's people, maybe 100, 200, 300 on their list that are probably highly likely to buy this next thing, that they're using personal videos for that. And we cater to that by actually having this, um, it's a feature called roll-ups, and you can roll up a bunch of different people that are related, like a small segment of people, and send them the same video. Um, so at the, the front end, I guess, sort of more of the, like the, the, um, the sort of purchase, the thank you level of the funnel, it's very much one-to-one and personal and really trying to do that, you know, which product lines is that going to work best for, like which ones do you maybe need more reviews for or those sorts of things. But actually then if you're trying to sort of get customers back in the door and repeat purchases, then yeah, you can do this roll-ups thing and do it a little bit more broadcasty. Um, still as a business, we're trying to make sure that we're not, opening the floodgates to this being like a newsletter replacement because because it isn't and I don't think it ever will be. What we want is like, we want to maintain really, really high levels of deliverability first off. And on average, I think across our customer base, it's something like 70% open rate, maybe a little bit more. Um, And the click-through rates are amazing. The reply rates are really good. So we want to protect that. So it's really about, I guess, yeah, like segmentation, where you're going to use it. But 
there's some interesting stuff going on. We actually we interviewed a customer a couple of weeks ago that started employing people to send their videos, and they're sending I think something like seven thousand um, a month at the moment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's really interesting. They're actually doing their videos are, are thank you videos for purchases. They just want to really inject that sort of really great sort of culture of we value you as a customer really early on. So they're employing people to do those thank you videos, and they've actually seen. According to their Shopify stats, they've seen a 30, 32% increase in repeat uh, uh, purchase rate. So that's been really interesting for them. So you can do this stuff at scale. It's just figuring it out, and we're seeing that play out more and more. Yeah. And I imagine even with, even for customer service, customer support for after-the-fact issues, um, when I looked at Bonjour the other day, uh, a story had popped into my head that I hadn't thought about in years um, I remember still being in, uh, it was probably elementary school and I had a backpack that got a tear and it had a, a serious warranty on it. And so we actually sent it back to the manufacturer. Um, it, it, the stitching had come out. It wasn't that there was any, um, you know, anything, uh, you know, that, that it was cut with something sharp or anything like that. Um, they sent a postcard saying basically as as the backpack saying it was having a great time at camp with the other backpacks <laughs> and, uh you know and and it would see me soon and and that sort of thing and it's memorable enough that i won't say how many decades later i still remember um i i think that there can really be um some there are some really good opportunities to build relationships and to turn something from um, maybe that I might have in other ways re- remembered that as a poor user experience because the product didn't live up to my expectation uh, of holding up, but just the opposite. I remember that as a fantastic brand. Um, that was Jansport. Um, and, you know, lo and behold, that <coughs> all these years later, um, you know, things like that, you know, quite memorable. Uh, but you, you mentioned MailChimp and um what is a good way to deliver one-to-one video like this uh, from your experience so far? And I imagine this is going to continue to evolve, uh, but it, is email um, the best methodology today? Because that's sort of, uh, you know, just a unanimous uh, way in, in the e-commerce industry of communicating information about orders and uh, customer relations. Yeah, well, we're seeing just, you know, to be sort of open about this as well. So our only delivery method at the moment in our product is email. Um, so that's experience we've got right now. And email is working very well. and We're seeing it work very well. I think the interesting thing, and maybe why that's the case, is that actually it stands out so much. So once your, your email's been opened and it's a video or if your subject line says, you know, I recorded this video message for you. That's pretty different to the rest of the stuff that's coming into your inbox. So that's, I think, a really interesting point of difference for it and why that's working. The, the next level for us, and we're being asked a lot for this and we're building it out right now, is SMS. You know, clearly, a lot of companies, particularly e-commerce companies, will, will capture SMS uh, details of their customers. Uh, and we know that's going to be a really effective delivery method. Oh, and the open so, rate is tremendous. Oh, you know, so... Yeah. People yeah. open their, their text messages. They, you know, they do look at whatever's coming over SMS by and large uh, compared to email for sure. Uh, you know, in terms of how much of the, the video they're actually playing, um, are there averages? And I imagine that this, you know, this is going to differ whether it's, you know, B2B, a higher ticket 
items, bigger orders, B to C, you know, more, uh, you know, more of a personal purchase, whether, you know, you're, you're talking about, uh, you know, I, I, and I guess the sky's the limit, you know, video that's being sent to, uh, you know, a segment that's the top customers for a, a brand or site, um, because that's where you want to invest your time into continuing to foster those relationships, uh, or whether it's to new customers that don't know you really yet. Um, so that there's probably some, um, some difference in, in the interaction, but are, are a lot of people watching the videos through till the end? Is that pretty common? So we don't, so we don't currently track the, the length or the, I guess the sort of percentage of, of the video that is watched by a customer. But I guess the proxy we have at the moment in our product is the click-through rate on the call to action next to your video. So any video, you can put a call to action to it. So that's you getting the customer driving action. Um, and we typically, we're seeing around about sort of 35% average uh, click-through rates on that, which is completely, yeah, that's completely different to email. Like the uplift is, is huge. Um, so, you know, we can tell from that a little bit as a proxy that there's a lot of engagement going through the video. Um, I think that just comes from the fact that if someone's opened your video and starts watching it, it's not just like, you know, it's not video hosting. They're not just watching a video that's sort of built for everyone. Um, you're saying their name straight away. You're telling them what you're going to talk about. You're saying maybe you know, your videos, you're probably going to say something like, um, you know, hey, Ollie, um, I, I just recorded this video for you. I wanted to share two quick things to you that I know that you know, you'd like to hear. Um, it's only going to take 60 seconds of your time. So that sort of thing. So people aren't really going to switch off to that um, because it's so personal and it's done for them. Um, and then the other thing, the other proxy is reply rates. And again, the reply rates are very, very different in terms of versus a sort of typical email. So yeah, as a proxy for, you know, we don't have those like playthrough rates at the moment. Um, we, we will sort of work on those in the future. But definitely that engagement is sort of different. And I think, you know, I think this comes from, and this is, I guess, a broader issue, which is, this shift away a little bit from video hosting and there's a sort of mental shift there but also there's an organizational shift because like video hosting was like it's the domain of marketers right like no one else really like touches video hosting but i think what's changing and what's happening with personal video is it becomes the domain of salespeople, marketers customer success customer support founders owners like whoever can sort of touch the customer with that sort of relationship based thing at any point in the funnel that you can do it there. And it's interesting, you were just talking about like your experience, that really great experience with who is the brand again that sent yeah, you the Jan support, actually. Jan support. Yeah. Like that is, I think for me, there's a big opportunity for e-commerce that I'm not seeing happen yet. People are wedded to their own systems. So say you have like a live chat. I was just onto Nike actually complaining about some new trainers I've just bought and like a little bit of the, I won't tell you which ones they are because they're big expensive and I probably shouldn't have bought them. But the um uh, a part of the outsole was basically like popped open. So I was onto their live chat. And it made me think, you know, could you have a live chat scenario hooked up to a system like Bonjoro where after the chat, rather than just sort of leaving that thing like hanging, like who was that person? Were they a robot? Were they like, where were they based? What was going on there? You could actually then pull the customer's email into a tool like Bonjoro and send a video to say, just wanted to reassure you that these steps are being taken you know after the chat that we've had like that is something that i think like people haven't really spotted yet but that's an opportunity and i'm but i'm i guess i'm bullish because i work for bonjour but i am bullish that that sort of thing is going to start happening with e-commerce companies as soon as people figure out those types of 
moments in the customer journey that the video would help with. You know, we recently had an episode on post-purchase experience and optimization, and that was looking a lot more at um, at uh, order tracking and returns and things of that nature. And I, I think that these conversations have to be happening in the e-commerce industry because for individual store owners and brands to be able to compete with Amazon specifically uh, and uh, and similar impersonal experiences, I, I think that that's part of what's really needed. That without a relationship, um, customer lifetime value is always in jeopardy. Uh, that you know, as soon as there's somewhere else that offers it a few pennies less or you know, so there's something else that catches somebody's eye, they're out the door. Uh, <laughs> you really do need to have um, a deeper relationship. And I don't think that there's any, and, you know, reviews are a great example. You know, I don't think that there's any greater time to strengthen a relationship than when, when the chips are down, <laughs> than, uh, you know, than when somebody's actually having an issue and, and really is more vested in. Uh, and, in terms of the data points that you see merchants using, um, are there particular pieces of data that are often used in order to um, bubble up to the surface which shoppers should potentially have videos made for them uh, at, in different moments? Um, are, are there common attributes and, uh, and other information that are, are typically used? Because yeah, I think that's probably a big yeah. part of the, the challenge to... Not to cut you off there, but uh, that's probably why video hasn't been more holistically used in the market. Um, because you look at a big, you know, customer list or something else, and you don't know where to begin. Yeah, it's a really good point. Yes, we are seeing. I think right now we're seeing. For me, it's almost like the lowest common denominator stuff. But then people are getting a bit more. I don't know, a bit more uh, savvy or a bit clever with like what they're doing now. So. Yeah, like purchase value, um, you know, the product itself. Um, how many times that person has visited the, the store, the online store. The, these sorts of things are being used right now. But for me, it's like that, um, that's almost a low-hanging fruit because you, you, can, you can do a lot with that. Uh, and that's what we're seeing. We're seeing great results from it. So we're seeing like thanking, depending, and, and someone will bubble up. Say maybe like thank someone with a purchase value over X amount because they couldn't do it for everyone, or they'll thank people for a on a particular product line because they want to make sure that that product line or that product gets more reviews on their site, um, or they'll thank people that are you know, really loyal customers, or they'll you know, send loyal customers sort of different videos or surprise videos or you know, new uh, product lines launching these sorts of things. But actually, yeah, where I think we could go one step further is, I guess, sort of. Uh, thinking outside the box a little bit like we were just talking about around you know that sort of post-purchase piece which is i guess a little bit more difficult and part of our job now is going to be to like listen to our customers and figure out what these tactics are um you know a big piece that i did earlier this year was a thing called the video funnel playbook so we basically call plugging into your crm and sending a video at the perfect time we call that a video funnel it's just a term that we came up with um and I wrote this playbook, which was like 35 different video funnels. You can you can find it a video if you just Google video funnel playbook, it comes up at the top. Um, so my job and the part of the job of our marketing team here and our customer success team as well is just going to be to listen to our customers and keep developing these plays. And if we can do that, 
then inside our product, we can start to educate our users where they should be using video and almost just pre-build those plays. So right now we're actually working on sort of pre-building this stuff, the funnels into the product. So when you arrive and you're in these e-commerce company, we'll actually say like, you should do this, 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 and this. And it'll just be templates where you can steal and copy it. And then over time, what we're going to do is, is give e-commerce companies or any customer the opportunity to build their own plays and share those with the world. So you can say, oh, by the way, you also run a store. You maybe got a buddy that runs a Shopify store. You can say, hey, I'm doing this thing. You should do it too. Here's a link to actually set it up straight away. So yeah, I think it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I, you know, We can't predict this stuff. But our job is to try and make it templatable, I guess. And Absolutely. And, and the market changes and the market speaks. So I, I suppose it's very similar to how segmentation works in other systems like email marketing um, and a variety of, of, of other uh, both on-site and off-site marketing, uh, you know, that you need <laughs> to test and measure and you figure out what works uh, and you replicate. And at some point, the playbooks grow um, but depending on the business and um, and, and their customer base uh, and their offerings, it, it's going to be uh, you know a unique playbook that's going to work best. You know, yeah. so and we talked a little bit about customer lifetime value, building these relationships that help the customer uh, continue to come back uh, and buy more over time, as opposed to going elsewhere. Uh, you know, w- you mentioned this very interesting case study uh, where there was a major increase in positive reviews. Um, are, are there, uh, you know, other metrics or perhaps even, you know, is it just seeing an increase in, um, in, in customers reaching out to say how much they enjoyed something or, uh, how much they appreciated something people posting on social media are there, you know, you, unique cases where it's very obvious that something's happening that people are enjoying, whether or not it's something that's going to be tracked in an exact measurement. Yeah, there, there are both. So there's the anecdotal, well, not the anecdotal, but there's the stuff, the, the, the more intangible stuff. Um, and then there's the, the tangible metrics. So, you know, I'll give you examples earlier. Uh, one e-commerce store that we work with that we just about published case study for. 32% increase in repeat purchase rate from those customers that got a video versus those that didn't. Um, so that's a very tangible metric. But you know, beyond that, when we're talking about sort of intangibles like social sharing, we definitely see that. Like you, you'll see stuff going out. So you can you can either toggle social sharing on or off your videos that you send out when you use Bonjour. So we've seen people you know tweeting stuff like this is how customer service should be done. Like so those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And actually, as a, I guess, as a word of mouth and referral tool, it's interesting in itself. And I think you, know, you hit the nail on the head. This stuff is all about customer lifetime value. Like when we talk as a business, like what, what are we solving? What are we trying to do? What's video actually doing here? I think that the whole thing is customer lifetime value. Like top of the funnel, conversion, sure. It's really interesting. Lots of people use video for conversion. But the bigger piece and where it's going to grow massively is customer lifetime value. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's definitely the tangibles and intangibles to the metrics, but also the stuff like social sharing, people sharing stuff with their friends. Like actually just an interesting one I can tell you about. Um, it's not in the e-commerce space, but it's, um, we work with a lot of summer camps users. Um, and there's a camp called, uh, I think, YMCA Lake Wenatchee, uh, run by a really great guy called Tim. And he started sending uh, videos to the parents of the, the kids that were coming to camp just to say, thanks for booking on. and 
And once they get there, he sends videos saying, send more money or I'm sending your kid back, right? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's not out. <laughs> but, um, but so he started sending these videos and he got something really interesting happened. So he sent a video to someone that sent their kids to camp. They then forwarded this video to a bunch of their friends, but they forwarded it to the friends that didn't even live in his state. And the friends from a different state decided to send their kids to his camp. So this one video that he sent he told us it got him eleven thousand extra dollars in referrals. So that sort of referral engine is a really interesting piece as well. And we thought it was really funny that you know it's going people from completely different state coming over to his camp. It's quite cool. That is, yeah, it's interesting. Sometimes I think you should have a sign up that you're holding up for anybody watching the video. It is like thirty two percent lift. I'm still stuck on that. <laughs> um, I've spent a lot of time working with a lot of merchants to get um, a lot less lift than that. So I, I think it is telling. And there are so many things in, in the e-commerce experience that are going to have an impact on that. You know, at JetRails, we talk a lot about things like loading speed optimization. But, you know, in other episodes of the podcast, we, we've had guests that have spoken about things like site search. And, well, you know, if you come to the site, you type something in the site search box and you find what you're looking for. Um, because they they have it and and the site search is capable enough to pair the shopper with the right thing, they make a purchase. If the site search stinks and um, tells them that you don't have it or shows them a bunch of irrelevant product or whatever else, well, they're out of there. Um, and just fixing that can you know can have a very significant uh, improvement because a lot of shoppers do use those features, uh, and in some cases, sites are just very poorly optimized around that. Uh, so it's it's really interesting, but it's rare to see to hear numbers quite that high. So um, I, I will probably uh, after taping get a link to that from you that we can share in the uh, in the show description for anyone that wants to take a look. Um, I think it's it's interesting. It's interesting to say about that. I think the difference between something like what we do and when you're talking about like optimizing optimizing site search, there are certain tools and like tactics that you're going to use in e-commerce that are uh, I guess geared towards everyone. And they should work for everyone. And one of the, I think one of the key objections some people have with videos is like either they feel a bit uncomfortable doing it or they think that their customers are going to be uncomfortable. And it's sort of, in a way, it sort of doesn't matter. Like the second one, not every customer is going to respond to your videos. Not every customer is going to be the sort of person that loves your video. But what happens is that you bubble to the surface the right customers that do respond in the right way. So it's not for everyone, but what happens is those metrics really sort of rise up with the right customers. Um, it's almost like, I guess it's almost like a filter. Like it, I think every business needs these little filters where they're trying to sort of you know, weed out like who are the right customers well, for me, where the real relationships going to happen. I, I think that the same applies throughout the process that when I got into this industry a very long time ago, uh, I, I was told not to use myself as a barometer, partly because of I'm an odd duck, but, <laughs> but but mostly because you cannot predict uh, if you to this day, if you decide to send direct mail to your shoppers, um, one business versus another, uh, you know, one offer versus another, exactly what the results are going to be. You can learn over time what to expect, um, but there's a percentage of people that typically react and the same applies to email and the same applies to remarketing and retargeting advertisements and the same goes with you know google ads some people click them some people don't 
Um, some people have ad blockers that that block um, you know banners and things as they're traversing the internet. Others don't. Um, that you you know some users uh, are going to react to Instagram and others don't have an Instagram account. Uh, so you can't always be focused on. Um, on the one user, it's always got to be about the aggregate, you know, as, as long as you're doing something healthy overall, it's not chasing people away or, um, or offending people in in some measurable way. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, it, you know, it might, it, it might not even be about the goal as well. I think that's important. You know, chasing goals can sometimes be a little bit exhausting, but actually just putting into place like a good system or a simple system is probably, well, very often a better way to go. Um, so, you know, I think it, it ties in to that side of things as well. You yeah. know, just put in a simple system and do the thing and then see what comes out of it. And then it's like, okay, if it's working, do more of the thing. Um, I, I also imagine that this is probably not the biggest challenge or expense that a merchant might take on because, as we know this year, everybody uh, with, with our modern devices and things is pretty capable of getting set up uh, with a decent microphone and, you know, a decent camera. And that's, I imagine, hardware-wise, pretty much all you need is not going to be that different from Zoom. You might care, speaking to customers, a little bit more about your background or something else. But in general, uh, you know, it's really about the message more than anything. Um, would you say that in terms of time to get set up and uh, and technology, that this is a pretty low barrier to entry compared yeah, to some really channels? Yeah, it's, it's really low friction. So you know, even comparing it to other videos, so like video hosting, I think it's a much higher barrier to entry because it's like if you're creating this video that's going to be used in a, a marketing piece, like who has to have say on that? How are you going to create it? Like who are you paying to like do the editing? All of this sort of stuff. And with personal video, none of that really comes into play. Like you, you as a team, maybe you say, okay, this is the thing we're going to do. And you know, really our platform is agnostic to how you record it and what you do with it in a way. Um, so you can record on your you know, web recorder on, on your computer, or you can record on your mobile phone. And then the beauty of the mobile phone, let's say if you're a business owner, you can do that anywhere. You could be going on your lunchtime walk and think, okay, this is going to be a nice way to, I'm going to do my videos on a half an hour walk during my lunchtime, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. um, or if you're the sort of person that doesn't like recording video in front of your desk, um, you know, other people, over, you know, it's not really a problem right now because we're all working from home. But, you know, typically you might be, you know, in the environment where other people are around, you might want to use your mobile. Or if you're, you know, you want to be in the storeroom and show people the physical products as you're recording, you can do that. Um, you know, we've got a, uh, we had a guy, Ojo's Coffee, who he you know, roasts and, and grinds coffee. Um, and he used Bonjour to send personal videos to people that made one time purchases. And his whole thing was, send a video showing them literally him roasting the coffee and grinding it up and saying, you know, I'm just about to bag your, your order up. Um, and and his, he was really clever, actually. What he did was he used his videos as a sort of subtle way and a nice, friendly way of saying, raising awareness of his subscription boxes. So he'd say, oh, every one-time purchaser, he'd send a video to and he'd say, oh, by the way, you know, click on the button next to this video after he's showing them their lovely coffee um, where you can look at my subscription options. And I think he got like 50%. He said to us that he got 50% of the people he sent a video to, one-time purchases, upgrading to subscriptions. And he took his monthly recurring revenue from in about 14 weeks from $35,000 to $75,000 after a couple of years of it sort of relatively like plateauing. There's like one difference, one of the difference made the change. Um, so yeah, 
Yeah, that's interesting. Well, you want to get me to spend some money, treat me like a human being, and uh, you know, and you know, have a nice conversation with me, even if I can't respond in the moment. Uh, there's something to be said for it. You know, I when we created the, this podcast, it's continued to evolve. We're now fifty some odd episodes in. I wanted to keep it as grassroots as possible. That I know others that spend a lot of time. Uh, with video graphics and other things. And we do, we make the videos available um, on YouTube, on Facebook, et cetera. Um, but the goal of this was really to be more like if you came to an event and were sitting in front of uh, a panel that was discussing a topic in, in live time that sure, you know, we'll edit out if there's some kind of, um, you know, uh, an internet, you know, dip and <laughs> and we lose the guest for, you know, for a minute or, or something that, that we won't... Uh, you know, hold back from those kinds of edits. But but our goal wasn't to create a webinar series. It wasn't to pitch. Uh, it's actually rare that we talk about what JetRails actually does in these. And I'm not going to do it in this moment. Um, you know, we, we know that, um, you know, as a company that we want to support our customers, that we want to bring meaningful information forward uh, that can help them and, and help others. And that's what this, uh, you know, the, this podcast and the series uh, is about. Um, and I think that uh, we need more quality content out there. And, you know, I, I love seeing what others are doing. Um, and I know that our customers appreciate that one-on-one -on -one, uh, experience that they get from our team. It's one of the things that we stand out for in our particular market. Um, and so we're always looking for things that help uh, help our clients replicate that for their customers. Um Getting a little bit back on track, uh, you know, does this process get faster and easier over time? I mean, the amount of time to actually record is, you know, is pretty determined. Um, but I imagine that when you're first getting set up and maybe you do more, uh, more takes because you're getting used to being in front of the camera, um, or trying to figure out exactly what you want to be saying on average. But over time, it's m more like, you know, just the same way that after a while of picking up the phone and talking to customers, you know exactly what you want to say and you don't have to read the script and you don't have to, um, you know, interact in the same way as on day one. Um, and the same thing with even perhaps figuring out who you want to send videos to after tracking for a while, you figure out what's working for your business. Uh, is that a pretty accurate way of looking at it? That this sort of finds its path as the user, as the merchant goes forward with it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd, I'd say there's, um, there are almost two types of video and definitely you find your path pretty quickly so the first thing you do is really you know once you've got it in your process and like connected up to your specific you know purchase point wherever it is you're going to use it in your funnel then it's very quick and easy to do like you'll create a template like your, your email video email template and then your landing page template where your video plays and the call to action so all of that's ready to go so it's just about recording it um but two things happen typically what we see if you're trying to do it at more scale so maybe it's like thanking buyers. And like I said before, we've seen companies then hire people to do those videos and they might have more of a sort of slightly sort of scripted thing that they do where it's like, okay, you've got to hit these two points or these three points and make sure you mention the call to action at the end of the video. And that's really easy to do. And the, the friction in that is, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's barely there and you get better and better and better that over time. 
There's a second type of video which we see a lot more with, I guess, like owner-founder type uh, led businesses, which is actually they want to go a little bit more hyper-personal. So almost every video is slightly different. So they guess they have this path, so they know what they're going to start with and they know where they're going to end. But what they do and what they do using our sort of custom attributes element of the platform where they're pulling in their customer context is creating a much more personalized experience where they're mentioning specific things. Um, and it depends how much data you capture about your customer. Um, but really, you could have a lot of fun with it. And the, actually, where we see some of the best results is where people do have fun. Like they're recording their video and something happens or they say something silly and they just keep going and they riff on that or they try just doing different like kooky things or you know, depending on the customer data they're seeing in front of them, they go in a slightly different direction. So like we see a lot of those types of videos and we see them perform really well. And as I say, more with sort of small businesses and sort of owner, sort of founder-led businesses, that works really well. Yeah. I think, you know, I mean, that's interesting that the, <laughs> you know, everyone stays for the bloopers at the end of the movie for the outtakes uh, that, you know, people being people <laughs> is endearing, uh, at least to me. Um you know, that I, I think that that's pretty interesting onto itself. And because these are recorded, I imagine that, you know, for a business that's having employees engage in this, that it's pretty easy to spot check and see what the output is like and uh, maybe give some feedback. So that's probably a, a bonus, um, you know, versus other types of communication that might be, depending on the business, uh, a little bit harder to track. Yeah, there's almost a natural, it's interesting, uh, there's almost like a natural A-B testing scenario happening because what you do is create a message template for your videos and that template is the email template plus the landing page. Um, you know, then you, sorry, that's my son just arrived back in the background, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, won't make too much yeah, that's okay, but mine will be back before I know it. <laughs> so, yeah, so you create the template and what happens over time is that you're using these templates at different points in the funnel. So one might be like a thanking customer. One might be um, you know, repeat customers telling about new products or whatever it might be. And over time, you see how all the open rates are different, the click rates, the reply rates. You know, anecdotally, you feel how they're working differently. So you go through and actually within each of those, you can see all of your teammates have sent which videos and have a look at which videos are working better. So every team member as well has their own template. So like even here internally at Bonjour, constantly over time, we're like looking at, oh, Casey, what? why is your open rate so good? Or you know, why are you getting so many replies? And it's really interesting that actually within our team, quite a small team, we all have sort of different metrics that seem to go like Amy gets incredible reply rates. And the interesting thing is with Amy's videos is this enthusiasm that's really injected into her videos and the replies come from that. With Casey's really good at like, the, I don't know, like the subject line and then the little sort of snippet that like leads someone into actually clicking through to the video. So it's cool and you can riff on that and you can have a lot of fun. And, and, you know, and as I say, like in the videos, I think that key thing is to have fun with the context of the customer. If you can do that, that's really where the, uh, the magic lies, I think. And it, and it means you don't get bored. You know, you're not just doing the exact same thing every time. Um, you're truly speaking to your customer and it's really relevant to them. Yeah. That's interesting. And in terms of, uh, I, I suppose, you know, figuring out who within the company is going to engage with this and how many, I imagine that usually it starts with one department and then it scales. So like you said, that in some cases, it's whoever is shipping product. In some cases, it's 
uh, you know, more of the the customer service side or the sales uh, and marketing side in, in terms of, you know, making people aware of new product or opportunities or other things. D- does it, um, do you find that that's pretty much the natural evolution that it starts somewhere and then, yeah. you know, it continues to evolve within a company? Yeah, 100%. So it typically will be adopted by a specific department. And what happens is that when that department has a result, a big result, um, and they start seeing it working, then they'll just say to, you know, a parallel department, by the way, you should be doing this too. Maybe you could use it here. And then it gets adopted that way. Or what might happen is that when, like, when they first start using the product to practice, they're testing it by sending it to other people in their company to say, oh, by the way, I found this cool thing. I just wanted to test it out, you know, in a safe environment. I'm not going to test it. I send it to my customers yet. And the other person's like, oh, okay, this looks interesting. I'll try it myself. So, yeah, one of two ways. Either one department gets results, tells another, or in that testing phase of sending to each other, it sort of gets adopted naturally. That makes sense. So uh, before we wrap up for the day, um, you've been extremely generous with your time. I know it's uh, getting a little bit late across the pond. (laughs) Uh, Any final thoughts? Um, Any additional wisdom that we didn't touch on that uh, you think our our listeners and viewers uh, should be aware of? Um, I just think like to to remember, I guess that, you know, we touched on about this thing about customer lifetime value, but to, to remember that almost like every customer that comes in the door for your business, doesn't matter how old your business is, you might, you might be going for 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, every customer though, new customer is new to you. And that's always a chance to build a relationship and have, make an impression on that person. And so like here at Bonjour internally, we always have this, like a, to use a golfing term, this swing thought of we still want to be exciting and new and different today, but it doesn't matter that we launched three or four years ago. So I think like as an e-commerce company, if you can think not just like where are we now in our sort of history, what product line are we sort of launching here, but more like what's the customer's experience of what we're doing now and how can we make it feel like we're brand new and it's like we just started. Like that, for me, that's a really interesting thing. And I think video gives people that opportunity, but there are lots of other things you can do that give you that opportunity to inject sort of newness into your customer experience. So. I think that's as high a note to leave on as any. There's always opportunity to do better and stay on the cutting edge and uh, to do something, uh, you know, to be one of the first in your particular niche uh, to adopt something that customers are going to love. So to our listeners, as always, uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, Subscribe wherever uh, you're listening to this uh, podcast episode or, or video. And uh, we love to hear from you. Um, so don't be shy. Uh, we're at JetRails uh, throughout social media. Um, and as always, happy selling. Thanks for listening to the JetRails podcast. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We also post full videos of most episodes on the JetRails YouTube and Facebook channels. You can find links at jetrails.com forward slash podcast. Have questions about an episode? Is there a topic you'd like us to cover in the future? We're at JetRails on LinkedIn and Twitter. Do you want to sponsor this podcast? Sorry, but we're committed to ad-free listening. We are, however, always looking for guests that our listeners will benefit from. And don't forget to like the podcast on whatever platform you're tuning in from. It's a small ask, but it's a big help. We appreciate it, and more importantly, we appreciate you.